It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. You know, our family has two cats, and one of the inevitable um, things about cat ownership in a house is you have to deal with the dreaded cat litter box. I mean, I don't know of many things worse in my life than having to regularly go in and clean litter boxes out for two cats. So as I was perusing the internet one day, I saw this wonderful invention of this motorized cat litter box and I thought man what a great thing I'll buy this and I'll get off this cycle of cleaning out the cat litter box all the time and then I looked at the price tag and those things are like five six hundred dollars and I'm like no way I'm spending that much money it's not that dreaded but then one day as I was on the internet I saw this incredible deal on a motorized cat litter box at a fraction of the typical cost. Well, have you ever heard the old adage, if it's too good to be true, then it's too good to be true? Well, it turned out to be a scam. It was definitely not available at that price. And so here I am still in the dreaded loop of cleaning out the cat litter box. Well, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. And that's true in the spiritual realm as well. You know, Satan, as we know in John chapter uh, number 8 and verse 44, is called by Jesus the father of lies. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. And anything he has or possesses is what he has usurped from others. So we find him coming on the scene in Jesus' life here in Luke chapter 4 with the temptation of Christ. Now, the parallel account of this is over in Matthew chapter 4, and we dealt with that back when we were in Matthew. But in Luke 4, it says in verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted by the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he was afterward hungry. And the devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil took him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this power I will give you and the glory of them, for that is delivered to me and to whoever I will give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now, the background of our passage, we see Jesus um, coming in his mission of redemption of this world and of the souls of men. And he's led by the Spirit. And by the way, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit, which is true of Christ. But it says here he was actually led by the Spirit, where? Into the wilderness. Now, there are those who will tell you if you're in God's will, nothing bad will ever happen to you. God doesn't ever lead his children into difficulty, blah, 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 blah. Here is Jesus led actively by the Holy Spirit into what? Into the wilderness, into challenging times. Well, part of that challenging time was Satan comes along and he begins to tempt Christ. 
Now, distinguish Satan's temptation from God's. God does not tempt anyone with evil. God temptation or trials in our life or to test us, to try us, to strengthen us. Satan actually tries to get us to sin. God doesn't. So here's Satan tempting Jesus Christ in the three classic areas of temptation. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, that's the temptation for um, for um, 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 for pleasure. Okay, the lust of the eyes, for food, for pleasure, for satisfaction. And and Command these stones be made bread. He wants to tempt him with the, the lust of um, the lust of the flesh. I meant the lust of the flesh, this desire for pleasure. Second temptation, lust of the eyes. That's that temptation for possession. And it's an interesting thing here, and that's the temptation I want to look at this morning. It says that Satan comes, and in verse number five, it says that the devil took him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, this is interesting. Now, obviously, there's no mountain high enough that he could have taken him up and he could have seen from there physically all the kingdoms of the earth. So we're thinking he takes him up and in some sort of vision or dream, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And it says there in a moment of time. And in my understanding of that, he's just not showing him the kingdoms of his day. Um, for example, Rome and Egypt. I mean, it's all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I believe in that moment... Satan showed before Jesus all the glory that would come, all the wealth of the world, all that could possibly be possessed in the human realm. He takes him up and he shows him this in a moment of time. And then he says this in verse number five, which is quite interesting. It says that um, in verse six, and the devil said to him, all this power I will give you and the glory of them, for it's delivered to me and to whoever I will give it. He says, all this power, all this authority, all this glory, I will give to you. Now, that sounds absurd. Jesus is the son of God. How is Satan going to give him power and authority? It's already his, right? Yes, it is his, but it was not his um, in a sense in that moment. Jesus didn't come to this earth to reign. He came to this earth the first time to suffer and to die. And Satan's temptation really, in a sense, is to derail God's plan of redemption and to really give Jesus a shortcut to what really was rightfully his to start with, just not in that moment. You know, according to Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, it says, After the seventh angel sounded, there were voices that said, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So yes, the kingdoms of this world belong to Jesus, and he will reign over them, and his reign is an everlasting reign. But not in this moment, not in this time. One day Jesus will return to this earth, and he will physically establish a kingdom on this earth. And uh, you know what? We'll have a fulfillment here. But Satan now is trying to derail God's plan and establish his own diabolical plan. You know, that's what temptation is in our lives every single time we face it. It's Satan trying to give us a shortcut to a desired end of pleasure or maybe possession or maybe prestige. And so here he is, he's trying to tempt Jesus. He says, I will give you this authority. I will give you this glory. But then he says this, because it has been given to me. It's been given to me. 
Now, Satan has been given that level of authority over the kingdoms of this earth? Well, yes and no. He implies that that authority is given to him kind of legitimately, as if God handed him authority and told him this is his rightful place. You see, Satan was not legitimately given authority in this world. He actually got it by means of man's fall. The legitimate authority back in Genesis was given to man. God said, I, he, he gave man dominion over the world, dominion over the fish of the sea, dominion over the fowls, dominion over the kingdoms of this world. But in the fall of man, in the answer to that first temptation of Satan, you see, man yielded that dominion and it has not yet been established. That's why Satan is called in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he's called the God of this world. Now, not a capital G God, a small g God, but Satan is called the God of this world. Three times in the Gospel of John, in John 16.11 and in 14.30 and in John 12.31, Jesus calls Satan the prince or the ruler of this world. Ephesians 2.2 calls him the prince of the power of the air. So this devotion really links heavily with what we looked at um, last Friday about the evil of this world and the present rulers of this evil world. So Satan says, the authority and the glory of this world has been given to me. Well, not really given to him, kind of by default he inherited it because of man's fall, but it's only a temporary thing. But then Satan said this, it's been given to me, and then he said, and I can give it to whoever I desire. See, Satan is full of himself, and Satan feels like he's been given an authority and a desire that rightly belongs to Christ, and he's going to give it to whoever he will. You see, Satan is an evil and diabolical leader who only exists in authority by what he has taken and what he has stolen from others. So is there power in following Satan? Yeah. Is there pleasure in following him? Yeah. Is there things to be possessed in following him? Yeah. Is it legitimate? No. Is it lasting? No. Is it solid? No. You see, if it's too good to be true, then it's too good to be true. That's why Satan, Jesus said, is the father of lies. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of himself. So once again, we see this lust for power in our world. Man, you look around, you see the lust for power in the political realm, right? You see it in the educational realm. You see it uh, in industry through unions and corrupt, corrupt unions sometimes. Um, you even see it in the healthcare world. You see all these seats of power in our world, government, education, healthcare, employment. You're never going to have this great seat of power where you don't see Satan somehow intertwined in it, offering authority, offering glory to those who will just follow him and those who will worship him. So we see in these arenas is people seeking power through deceitful measures, through the kingdom of darkness in this present evil world. So, I want you to remember this as we live in this present evil world. Once again, according to Galatians chapter 1 in verse 4, Jesus died to what? To deliver us from this present evil world. You see, so we don't use worldly means to achieve success. We don't use 
worldly means to advance promotion or power or pleasure. Because although it may be a shortcut to a desired end, it's fleeting, it's not lasting, and it is outside of the will of God. You see, we should resist any temptation to gain power or advancement by any means other than the grace of God. Man, if in your advancement there is deceit involved, or there's manipulation involved, or if there is subversion involved, um, you can rest assured that that advancement, that success is not from God, it is from the wicked one. Man, you get a promotion at work because you cut someone else's throat, and then you want to come and give a testimony at church and say, I want to praise God for the promotion he gave me. God didn't give you that promotion. You just fell down and worshiped at the feet of Satan by lying and deceiving and cutting other people's throats. You see, as believers, we never seek advancement through any means other than the grace of God. So the word for today is this, yield to the true king today. His kingdom may seem far off, but by faith, we can abide in it every single day Thank until that day when today he in the word. returns. Join us every so Tuesday Satan, and Friday for new yeah, episodes. He's the God of this world, but it's a temporary ownership. It's a temporary rulership. And we don't look to that as followers of Christ. We look to our king high and lifted up and on the throne who one day will return and establish his everlasting kingdom on this earth.